Today's Mothering Sunday, just in case you didn't know. And um, Mothering Sunday, of course, is, is, has, it brings out lots of different feelings, doesn't it? For some people, it's, it's great and we love celebrating it. For other people, it's not such good news. And maybe your experience of motherhood wasn't good or you wished you were a mother and you're not or uh, you've lost your mother or all sorts of things can be uh, uh, brought up today as painful reminders. Our prayer today is that you will be with us as we celebrate and uh, that God will meet each one of us wherever we are. That's what we believe in here. We believe that God meets, meets us all, wants to meet us all, and will meet us all individually. And we'd like to uh, finish today with prayer particularly for that. Uh, I don't want to speak specifically on Mothering Sunday. I, I, I want to bring that in, but we're doing a, a series during this period of Lent. So we're on the period before Easter. And um, uh, in that period where we are working towards the place where Jesus goes to the cross on Good Friday and resurrection on Easter Sunday, it's a, a place of preparation for us, a place of preparing our hearts, sharpening up who we are spiritually. And the, and the subject for today in the sermon series uh, was uh, living a life of gratitude. And uh, so I want to continue with that today and to um, uh, bring something of that out, not just in living a life of gratitude, but living a life of gratitude with our mothers and fathers as well. Um, you know, in a country like ours, it's all too easy to take stuff for granted. It's all too easy to take for granted that we have a, a house to live in. It's all too easy to take for granted that we've got carpets on the floors, we've got a car that we can fill up with petrol even if we moan about the price, that, that actually we've got food in the cupboards. We've, we've all got so much to be grateful for. Uh, God has gifted us just by living where we're living, by being where we are. And, uh, you know, a grateful heart uh, changes so many things. I'm sure I'm not uh, the only person in this church who, when growing up, was told, you treat this place like a hotel. Does anybody else ever remember those words coming out, ringing in your ears at all? Some of you are saying yes, some of you are saying no. You're liars. I'm sure it came out in almost every home. You treat this place like a hotel. You know, you come in at all hours. We don't know when you're going to appear. You eat stuff from the cupboard and then you disappear again. Or you're still asleep when we go out um, in the morning. And it is true, isn't it? We can, take, we can take our homes for granted. We can take our mothers for granted. Uh, we can take so much of what we have, a life uh, around us, for granted. Uh, and it's easy to forget that much of the world is struggling, actually uh, struggling to survive on a, on a daily basis. Watching the situation unfold in Libya, watching the whole of the Middle East, watching those nations where there's yet been any protests, but you see the regime shoring up their defenses because it's surely going to tumble over at some point. And, and all of the, the tensions and the difficulties that are going on there. Uh, watching the, the uh, Japan and, and the, uh, the cloud of unknowing of what the future holds, the decades of desperation that there will be as this, uh, uh, the, the, the ripples of the fallout from the nuclear disaster continue to hurt people uh, for years and years to come and, and scar people's lives 
throughout um, their whole life. And, and that's just the nuclear stuff, let alone the, 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 the remnants and the tre- dreadful stuff of the earthquake and the tsunami, where um, uh, thousands have died and still tens of thousands are missing. Well, I want to think about living a life of gratitude. We don't live in that place. We have a responsibility to respond to that sort of thing, partly because of where we live. If we're able to help, then we should help. So it's about living a life of gratitude. A little boy forgot his lines in a Sunday school presentation, so his mother, who is in the front row, prompted him. She gestured and formed the words silently on her lips. But this didn't help at all. Her son's memory was blank and his face was going redder. So he, she leaned forward and whispered the cue for his line. I am the light of the world. The child stood back and beamed and with great feeling and a loud, clear voice said, My mother is the light of the world, she said. Well... Our mums might not always be the lights of the world, but we are grateful for all that they do. And as was demonstrated in the number of hats worn today by Elizabeth, they do an awful awful lot for us, don't they? Or have done in the past. And those of us who are privileged to live with a mother see what they do on a daily basis. Uh, I want to look, though, at this passage that we have and link it to our preparation of ourselves going up to Easter, having a heart of gratitude, and I'm going to just dip into thanking God for our mothers and being grateful for all that they give to us. So look, with it, look at it with me, will you? Luke 17, verse um, 11. As Jesus continued toward Jerusalem, so this is where we are, he's, he's in that place of going toward the place where, where he's going to be uh, crucified, uh, he's going to be um, whipped and beaten, that his whole life is going to be dragged out before him. So he's on the way there. He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, uh, Master, have mercy on us. Now, the amazing thing about Jesus, his ministry demonstrates so much to us of what our lives should be like. So uh, he's, he's got his heart fixed, his mind fixed. He knows what he's going towards. He knows what's coming in the very near future. And then as he's going there, these social, spiritual outcasts shout to him from a distance, uh, unhealthy people who you don't actually want to go near and touch for fear of catching it yourself. So they shout to him from a distance, have mercy on us. And Jesus, who's going to a place where he himself, his nose, his life is going to be taken from him, stops and has time for them. He stops and and listens to them. He stops and connects with them. Have mercy on us. One of the great things about Jesus' ministry was that he had this ability to uh, live with the interruptions in his lives, in his life. Live with those who needed help and respond to their cries. My first... um, point I want to bring out. I just want to bring out three very short points. My first point is this. If we're to live a life of gratitude and thankfulness for what we have, then we'll always have time for others. Jesus had time for others. Having time for others has to absolutely describe a mother, doesn't it? Having time for those around them. 
having time for others. I wonder, I'm very blessed, I am a father as well, um, uh, with uh, five children, and it's a long, long time ago now since they woke in the night. Normally now they wake us when they come into bed, but you know, they, a long time ago when they were tiny and they would wake in the night. And uh, I'm not a heavy sleeper, I'm quite a light sleeper, so I would hear it like instantly. And I'd lie there absolutely dead still. And about a minute later, Lindsay would go, oh, is there a noise? And up she would get. It didn't quite work like that forever. She caught on fairly soon and the tables turned. But, but you know, always having time, being able to respond to those in need. Hearing the cry of those who say, I need your help. It, it, some people in life get so busy with themselves, so tied up with their own lives. It's like, well, we haven't got time to fit anybody else in. I haven't got time to respond to the needs of somebody else. And there may be times in our lives when that is true. We've got so much going on that we have to have a little bit of focus, but that shouldn't, be, uh, that shouldn't go on for long. The general rule of life should be that we should always have time. Always have time to fit somebody in. Always have time to stop and talk. Always have time to uh, listen to somebody. Always have time to perhaps visit somebody. I went on um, Friday, I just uh, uh, nipped down to Ely Hospital to see somebody. And uh, in doing so, I bumped into somebody in the car park. And then I bumped into somebody else on the way there, just on the path going in. And then I bumped into somebody else in the... uh, corridor and then I went up in the lift and then I bumped into somebody else when I got to the top of the lift and we sat down and talked and he was coming out and I was going in and I was then I finally went in to see the person I was going to see and they'd gone off to have physiotherapy so I couldn't see them so then I had to sit down I didn't have anything with me so I picked up her book and started reading her book and then about three quarters of an hour later she reappeared and when she reappeared she looked at me and she said oh it's so lovely that you've come to visit me And I thought, isn't it interesting what giving a bit of time does? Just a little bit of time. Just says you matter. Actually, they do matter. But but you show it by giving time. by, By sacrificing something of ourselves to help somebody else. Here, Jesus... He's on his way to Jerusalem. He couldn't have a more busy schedule, in a sense. He couldn't have a more, more important focus. He's going to the place where he's going to be whipped and tortured and abused and public, publicly humiliated. Yet he still has time for the outcasts. He still has time for the least and the last and the lost. He still has time for the broken and the forgotten in society. He has time to set aside. And it seems to me that if we're... If we're people who live a life of gratitude, we're thankful for what we have, we'll have time for somebody else. We'll have time because we're grateful for what we've got. We'll have time to fit them into our lives. Time to stop and include them. At the moment we hear the cries of those, don't we, in Japan. We're doing something for that next Saturday. Hear the cries of those far away in the Middle East who are asking for help. The cries of those still in Haiti and Uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo and Ethiopia and Rwanda and so many other African nations, there's a cry, will you have mercy on me? And we're, we're of course, to respond. And we do. Mothers, Mothers are people who always have time. Today's a day for us to celebrate them 
and give something back to them for the time that they give uh, to us. One of the, uh, uh, some of the things that, that um, we respond to and we respond well as a, a church to is the, the cry of the broken in Latin America through toy box or uh, children through compassion in, in um, uh, different nations around the world or the work of Tear Fund and what they're doing with some of the most broken and left out in society. I'm, I'm, uh, I feel proud and privileged to lead a church that has a heart and time for those most in need in society. That it's not just about us. It is great that we can be who we are and we do what we do and we celebrate and what we celebrate, but you know we're here for a purpose. And the purpose is to share something of what we've got. And if we're grateful with what, for what we have, we'll share with those most in need. The first thing that Jesus did was, was he had time. He had time for others. And we too better have time. The passage goes on. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. As they went, their leprosy disappeared. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God, I'm healed. He fell face down on the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. If we're going to live a life of gratitude, we're going to be thankful for what we've got, we, we, we appreciate everything we have, we will then, out of that attitude, we will give time to others. We'll, we'll share something of what we have with others, something of our time and our talents and our treasure, something of our abilities to do stuff. We'll invest in other people's lives. And what happens when we do that is surprising things happen. When you give of your time and your talents and your treasure, surprising things happen in people's lives. Here, in this account, the ten lepers come to Jesus. They cry out, have mercy on us. Jesus says, he doesn't say anything. He just says, go show yourselves to the priests. As they go, on their way, they are healed. Something surprising happened. When he gives time to somebody, when we give time to somebody, something surprising will happen. As he gives time, something surprising happens. And it says here that only one of them came back to give thanks. And he was a Samaritan. I think the way in which this passage highlights the fact that he was specifically this Samaritan would suggest that the others were Jews. It would suggest that they were part of the Jewish nation. So they were the ones that probably should return quickly. They're the ones that should respond quickly and come back and give thanks to God. But it's only this one, the surprising one, that comes back and says, I want to give thanks to God for what he's done in my life. It was the Samaritan. It says he fell face down on the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he'd done. Praise God, he said. And the same will be true of our lives. If we live a life of gratitude, if we give time to people, then surprising things will happen. I love listening to the stories of the ministry out of um, Christians Against Poverty, where we just give time to individuals who find themselves in debt and unable to climb out. And just by giving some time and some advice and a few tools... We enable them to live again. We enable them to see light at the end of the tunnel. The stories of those who are helped through Besom, who we just give a little bit of our time, and then their lives are changed. Something happens to them. Uh, 
The same will be true of choices. The same will be true of the soup kitchen. The same will be true of all the ministries we have. As we give a bit of our time, surprising things can happen. And every now and again, one will come back. Every now and again, one will return. And in returning, they will find what this Samaritan found with Jesus. The Samaritan found that his whole life was changed because he returned to Jesus. Jesus says, says to him, didn't, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Does only this foreigner return to give glory to God? And Jesus said to him, stand and go. Your faith has made you well. If we give time, if we're grateful, we give time and uh, uh, we'll see surprising things happen. It leaves room for God to work, number three. It leaves room for God to work. One will return. And, and for this one who returned, Jesus says, your faith has made you well. In other words, you're not just physically healed, but you find salvation. You find something richer and deeper and fuller. You know, uh, uh, the Bible talks about living life in all its fullness. That's what Jesus offers us. He says, if we come to him, we can find life in all its fullness. I think that the other nine who went off probably didn't find life in all their fullness. They just went back to normal life. I don't know that. It doesn't say that in the passage, but they didn't come back to give glory to God. But this one, Jesus says, it's made you well. You are complete. Your whole of your life is changed. So he'd found life in all its fullness. Not just physical healing, but... uh, Healing uh, of his faith. Healing uh, spiritually, emotionally, and psychologically. This leper doesn't just know physical healing, but healing in every aspect of his life. You know, on this Mothering Sunday, we are reminded that mothers are dealers in hope. You wouldn't bring a child into the world if you didn't hope. Uh, A mother always hopes for the best for her child. A mother always hopes... There'll be bread on the table and clothes to wear and a roof overhead. A mother always hopes she'll be able to do everything she can for her child. As Christians, we're the same. We're dealers in hope. And if we are grateful for what we have and what God has done for us, if we give a bit of time to people, we'll see surprising things happen and we'll also see time for God to move and people's lives to change. We're dealers in hope. We have to be thankful for what we have. We have a little saying in our house. Uh, we've had it ever since our children were young. And this is our saying when, when I'm sure it never happens in your house. But our children, when they were very young, they used to whine a little bit. You know, they would just whine. Can I have? I don't like. And we had a little saying. It was like, no whining. And our children used to go, yes, no whining. Like that, you see. You have to have that little saying because it reminds us to be grateful for what we've got. And if you go on like camping holidays like we go on, you have to be grateful for all things, don't you? Amazing. <laughs> and sometimes on our camping holidays, when I've woken up in the morning, you know, and it's been raining, Lindsay said to me, now what's that little saying? No whining. Because <laughs> I think, oh no, another day in a tent and it's raining. No whining. Be grateful for what we've got. Be grateful for what we've got. Be grateful for the fact that we've got homes.
Be grateful for the fact we've got friends. Be grateful that we've got jobs. And if we haven't got jobs, be grateful we live in a country where there's social security. Be grateful for our health care system. Be grateful for a government that manages us without weapons. Be grateful for a land where we live and listen to birdsong and not bombs and guns. Be grateful today that the sun is shining. Be grateful we can pick up a telephone and phone any friend anywhere in the world. We have so much to be grateful for. And, and if we just turn our eyes on that and we learn to be grateful daily, well, then that changes everything else. Out of that gratitude, we'll say, I've got time for somebody else. I've got time to give. I've got an ear to listen. I've got some resources to share. I've got some talents to use. I've got time for others. Jesus did just that. So we come worshipping today to give thanks to God for the gift of his son to us, a life that we, the life that we have found in him. We give thanks today specifically for our mothers, of course, and who they were and what they did and how they've affected our lives. But in so doing, we're going to pray in a minute, in so doing, I know for some people today can be a painful day. You know, as, as a church family who's grateful, in a moment, if you, if you find today painful, I'm going to invite you to come on up. We'd love to pray for you. It would be our privilege and pleasure to support you today. Because we are grateful. And, and a grateful heart says we'll walk with those who are wounded in life. And we don't want you to come in here wounded and leave wounded. We'd love you to leave loved and supported and changed. But also, it might just be that today you realize that you have so much. And, and, and actually, even today, you've given a little bit of time to come to church. And sometimes surprising things happen. You know, maybe you're one of those in life who've, who just sort of acknowledge God. You know, thank you for what you've done so far and I'll get on with my life. Maybe today, Jesus would say, why don't you just turn to me? Come to me. Be the one who responds. Be the one who steps back in. Be the one who comes that I might say, not only do you believe in God, but you find life in all its fullness in the person of Jesus Christ. And in so doing, you won't leave here today just feeling loved and supported. You'll leave here today finding a new life altogether with purpose and passion that will mean that from your life, the blessings will multiply out many times over. We give thanks today to God for our mothers. We give thanks for the fact that their deal is in hope, that they always have time, and that because of their love and sacrifice and commitment, surprising things happen in our lives. But most of all, we give thanks to God for him, for his son, Jesus Christ, and the change that he's made in our lives, and that we too can be dealers in hope for other people. Is that okay? Would you stand with me?